0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Christian Project. Today, I am joined by Dustin. Dustin, can you remind me how to say your last name again? I already forgot.
1: Yeah, it's Speckhaus. It's uh, the Americanized way of saying a German name, at least. So how do you say it in German? (laughs) You know, I was just talking with a friend about this last night, coincidentally enough. uh, He said Speckhaus. That's how he said it. Speckhaus. Okay. Yeah. So I'm here with Dustin Speckhouse.
0: Uh I might be completely butchering that. I'm really sorry if I am. Uh, and he is a software developer in the kind of in the fitness industry, which is really interesting yeah, um, definitely. from Pennsylvania. So Dustin, tell us a little bit about
1: what you do. Well, I've, I, I actually got started out after high school. Um, I, I went to college for pastoral theology. So I did that for four years. I graduated. Um, I interned for a while and then um, in that realm, but then mm-hmm. I, I, I pivoted over the course of a few years. It was like, I don't know, slow transition into software engineering. It was almost, it almost feels like it was by accident, but I've enjoyed it now for a little over 10 years now.
0: Mm-hmm. And what, like what industry, what do you, what do you engineer? What software, like, what do you work with?
1: Yeah. So for the last two years, a, a little over two years, I've worked in the sports training equipment industry, specifically, um, a, a training machine for, uh, we've been developing, it's a startup. So it's, um, there's a hardware and a software component of it, of an AI enabled fitness trainer for especially sports like tennis, pickleballs, of course, big now too, and, Uh, platform tennis and Padel being maybe the ones Mm -hmm. that people don't hear about as most, but, but really racket sports.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I actually have a question for you and it has nothing to do with the topic that we're talking about today. But while we're here, what is your opinion as a Christian software developer on AI?
1: Oh boy. Yeah. I've, I've thought a lot about this actually. I'm, I'm no machine learning expert, um, I had a good friend of mine who wasn't necessarily a, a Christian. One time, tell me, uh, he's like, "AI is just a marketing term. Really, the, the, the probably the proper way of saying it is machine learning. Like it's mm-hmm. it's computers doing a lot of conditional statements and coming up with an uh, an answer of what what it deems most appropriate mathematically." So um, that part of it doesn't sound too scary, but um, <laughs> You know, it was probably in the last six to nine months. Especially, well, I would say the last nine months is really when, well, chat GPT became so so much of a commonplace term. Right. And everybody, I mean, a lot of people. Everyone knows what it, it is. It's pretty amazing what it can do. And I, I say that, as a again, as, as somebody in this realm, um, the, the data scientists involved with this stuff, I mean, I, I feel like most people have very good, intentions with this they they want to help people but at the same time there's always those problems that you see with it and i, I from mm-hmm. what i can gather from what i've seen what, what i've read to that it when it has a lot of information about something it can be very accurate it can be very factual but as soon as it starts veering into the direction of like it's questionable or it's um there's ambiguity in things it just will make things up and especially especially something like a gpt which which is a specific kind of machine learning
0: like ethically speaking there's a lot of it it doesn't understand like morality or anything like that it can easily lie to you um for example snapchat my brother was was playing around with snapchat it has its own ai feature and you can send it a picture And it it will claim that it can't see the picture, but then it will respond based on what's on in the picture. So he sent it a picture of pizza. And it said, wow, that looks like a delicious pizza you got there. And he asked it, can you see my pictures? And it said, no, I cannot see any of your pictures at all whatsoever. And he's like, how do you know it was a pizza? And it was like, based on the previous conversation that we were having. There was no previous conversation. I think it's humorous how it was just lying to him like that.
1: Yeah, but I, I totally understand your your thought there of of the ethical aspect of it is how ethical is I mean it's you can't just say it's right or wrong I don't think, but at the same time there there's always going to be these very I think we're going to run into these a lot in the next few years these and and um philosophers I feel like have been delving into this question for decades now mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's really going to be important to answer these questions. I honestly don't have all the answers to, I, I've, I've asked it kind of biblical questions before just to see what it does. And sometimes it's, I was like, that's actually very true. And it's very right the way it said it. Mm-hmm. But then other times I've, I've again, kind of gone into one that's a little bit more of a moral quandary um, with the Bible and it will, I've seen it just make things up completely. And like, I was like, nobody thinks that. This is a computer saying, but yeah. imagine somebody who doesn't know all of a sudden asking something like chat GPT a question and it coming up with a biblical, what it it sounds like a biblical answer to something. And in the end, it just ends up being complete nonsense.
0: But what's actually crazy is just a couple of weeks ago, there was a sermon preached by AI uh, somewhere in Europe. I think it might have been Germany or something. and And thousands upon thousands of people came to watch that. There, oh. I, I'm surp- I'm like flabbergasted.
1: I don't know what the word is here, but it, it blows yep. me away. Yep. So one of my favorite examples that I give to to my friends who are, are a little bit interested in the the AI world, but then also have have some Christian knowledge and background too, is I I when I first kind of I think it was like one of the first days I had a Chat J- GPT account. I opened it up and I <clears throat> um I I asked it. I was like I was actually sitting on the couch with my wife. I was like think of some like topic that has nothing to like you have no bible verses that can support it. There's no biblical context for it. There's not even a principle for it. And mm-hmm. and um let's ask it to to make a an argument for this thing that based is, on biblical um, principles. It's from it sounds biblical. But I said, do it in the style of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who was a 19th century yes, Baptist yes, preacher. Yes, I have his London. books up here. Oh, where are they? Over here somewhere. Oh, great! Here, yes, books. I know. I, I've got a few back there too. <laughs> but um, so so the GPT model, you would think, has got lots and lots of data to build from because he preached hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sermons, yeah. and they're all most of them are digitized too, which is pretty awesome. Nevertheless, I did. I this is the exact question I asked it. I was like, um. Prove from scripture the um, the benefits of no-till gardening, <laughs> and it. I, I I don't have it in front of me right now, but it. I, I said a short sermon too, so it was like three paragraphs. But it. it set, first of all, it did actually sound like Mr. Spurgeon there, and second, it picked some Bible verses out completely used out of context, but they're there, and um, they were somewhat relevant to it, and it. It made a logical Short argument servant. for it, though it was completely wrong that is wrong. Crazy. That's <laughs> crazy well i mean just because it's logically tr- like logically
0: sound doesn't mean that it's true in any way whatsoever exactly. yep. uh, but that's actually crazy wow it's like a little bit i don't know if it's scary or not because you know i've been seeing a lot of videos pop up more recently because you know they, they're able to take anything on the internet and that includes video and audio data and so they can Take that and and form it into whatever you want. At this point, um, where parents and grandparents are getting scammed by a almost like a video call of their yeah. grandchildren asking for money, yeah, and it's like you you believe it's your grandchild because it's almost face to face. It's like it's like this conversation we're having here.
1: Yeah, I I am am I talking to a bot right now? I have no idea. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know I'm if joking. you are you yeah. or not, but um. Yeah, that's, those are all hard things. And I, I honestly, my work, I don't have to deal with it a lot. I'm glad. Parts I'm glad. Of it. But man, I can't imagine being a teacher right now, or even a student right now. And uh, having to deal with this for essays and whatever else.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like the people getting plagiarism now, but the internet wrote it. There's no one to actually, you can't really like, it's just the, the entire internet. What are you going to do? Who are you going to plagiarize? It can't yeah. really. Uh, anyways, moving on to today's topic. This was a little interesting rant, but moving on to today's oh, no, topic, it's fun. <laughs> um, we're talking about running the race set before us, both physically and spiritually, and kind of what that means. So, I'm going to start it off by reading from Hebrews 12, um, Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 2, and keep in mind Hebrews 11. All of it was talking about these these heroes of the faith, if you will, who who stepped out in faith and had faith in God. And, and this is what happened and this is how their lives changed and how God used them. And then we come up with this big word, therefore, therefore, after, after reading all these things, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run With perseverance, the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So my question for you, do you think that there's any similarities between this race that's set out for us, talked about in Hebrews and, and other places in the Bible, and like running physically outside? Oh,
1: that's if that isn't a loaded question um i see this is one of those things where if you you mention the context of hebrews 11 and the therefore and reading those verses that have just so much power behind them and Oof. and uh, almost a, a conclusion to that list of faithful men and women and then you get to that point and then it's all of a sudden not just about them and what they did it's all of a sudden about, about you now. It's all yeah. about you, not not all about you in the sense of a selfish point of view, but but you have a responsibility too. Well, yeah, he's talking and to us. Yeah, I know. Therefore, I'm sitting you right Ron. now, and I'm convicted by it. <laughs> um, <laughs> ugh, there's there's so many lessons I think you could take from that. I mean, mm-hmm. it, applying it to the physics. I mean, the Bible is obviously full of metaphors all over the place. Jesus uses them constantly throughout his storytelling. And mm-hmm. I couldn't even scrap. I'm no theologian, but I feel like I, I haven't even scratched the surface of it. I, I've taken courses in college that have to do with the teachings of Jesus, specifically his parables, like a whole semester just on his parables. Wow. And like, I feel like I have not even scratched the surface of some of these things, these metaphors. But mm-hmm. here's one running. And um, I think I, I was thinking about this actually yesterday that our God made us our bodies to do specific things, right? He made yeah. us to walk, made us to talk like some things that are very distinct, some of them very distinct to humans. But one thing he did mm-hmm. make our bodies for too, he made them for running. We're able to run.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, which is really it, interesting.
1: Like it's not, I'm just not saying everybody's walking. great at it. I'm probably somewhere <laughs> in the middle of that range. Personally. I'm not, I'm no no marathon, like fast marathon. You're not like a that. marathon runner yet. <laughs> but um i mean our bodies in an I- in an ideal state i understand physical disabilities and whatever else but or or um just different body sizes and whatnot but um we we can run we have the abil- ab- ability to do that so um just you could say the same thing about christians too we all have the ability to run it's not like mm-hmm. we're all sitting there have to sit by the sidelines and watch other people do it. We, we all have the ability to, to, to run. And I mean, some people for their, their exercise, they walk and that's, that's what gives them joy. That's what they can do. They're doing what they can. Right. And that's challenging to me too. I mean, so, I don't know. I I feel like runners, including me, sometimes can look at people who walk and, put your nose down at them a little bit like, ah, that's not real exercise or something like that. But then you see somebody out there every single day and in and, and it's sometimes they're just looking around them, looking at creation, looking at, um, uh, looking at the road, waving to people as they go by. And sometimes they're reading a book. Sometimes they're listening to something, um, but they're still mm-hmm. out there doing something. But yeah, then um, walking
0: is a form of exercise for, for many people. Maybe that's even all that they can do. And that's still putting themselves
1: out there and doing it, which is commendable in itself. Yeah. And look at Christian life too. There's people who perhaps can't do as much spiritually as others. And for, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, I I've, I've known people that have just experienced extreme trauma and, and every, every day is a battle for them spiritually. And Mm -hmm. you might, might, um, consider them as walking in their faith, but then even going back to to the, some of those people mentioned in Hebrews eleven, like Abraham. Look at him; he he was what we would probably consider, consider an elderly man before he even started his race. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was a he was early on a uh, an idol worshiper, and then God calls him later in life into into a life of following Him and. He's in that, in that list too. But then you have younger people too in there. And I, uh, you know, some people start the race earlier or later than others. I, I mean, personally, mm-hmm. if you talk about my faith, I was in a home that was, uh, I, I don't even want to call it Christian, just nominally say they're Christian. I think I maybe went to a church building maybe three <laughs> times in my life bef- before I was seven years old. But then from then on, I definitely grew up in a Christian home. So I have that culture. I had that around mm-hmm. me my whole life and, and I'm thankful for that. But my experience of running the Christian race is going to be different, but it does not make, of my course, experience better than other people. Well, right.
0: That's, that's what it says here, because if we're looking at the end of verse one, it says, let us run with the, with perseverance, the race marked out for us, meaning each person has their own race marked out. It's not the same race for everyone. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't start in the same place. It doesn't even end. Well, maybe it ends all in heaven. Um, but there's going to be different obstacles and different hardships along the race along the way for each person. It's not going to always look the same. But there are some things that are the same. The fact that we're to fix our eyes on Jesus, it's mm-hmm. not telling every, It's not telling you to fix your eyes on your circumstances or, or even on the race. It's fixing your eyes on Jesus Who's the pioneer and perfecter because he ran his race and he endured the cross and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we, there are similarities in the race, but that similarity is is, the, is who we're looking towards, who we're emulating. But each yeah. person's race is different.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, uh, I There's nothing like seeing the finish line of a race mm. and oh, knowing that it's feeling. there. um, I remember I, my first half marathon I ran, I, I think it was hilarious, the timing of it, but like I was listening. I don't usually listen to music when I run personally. I, I enjoy listening to books more, but wow. the first actual half marathon that I ran, I actually, I know you don't get quite as much of experience if you're listening to something, but I wanted to. So I put my headphones in and I was listening to music the whole time. And, like right i'm telling you in the tunnel going into that finish line it's like all of a sudden the perfect music for it it was almost to my <laughs> to my footbeat but there's yeah there's nothing like that finish line and if if you've ever known somebody or experienced somebody that or heard a testimony of somebody for that matter that is a christian and and they're getting towards the end of their race and they know it not to say that I'm going to die tomorrow kind of a thing, but they're like, you mm-hmm. know, I've, I've run, I've run my race. I've, I've, uh, I'm getting towards the end and how much their eyes on Jesus, how much, how, how important it is to them that their eyes are on Jesus. And that's who they talk about the most. They talk about serving him the most. They talk right. about working for him the most, even in their, in, in the days where their health may be failing. That's where they, they're, they know they're still running the race and they see Amen. the finish line. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I sometimes envy that part of it because I know for me in my my walk of faith I can be, you know, not have my eyes on the finish line, not have my eyes on Christ, and instead have my right. eyes on everything else around me. Well, <laughs>
0: like let let's be honest. Sometimes we that distraction it distracts us from the race. We get off course. Um we forget where we're going and and maybe like we think to ourselves that we're deceived and thinking that the distraction makes the race easier, but at the end of the day, it's, it's taking us longer and we're not actually going to get to the place that we're trying to like, let's, let's think of this as a physical race. You know, you were mentioning having music on in the background. It's which, which according to runners is not giving you the full experience, but like, especially. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At the end of the day, that, that music's there to distract you kind of or like to keep your mind occupied you have two hours in that race it's not it's it's a pretty long one um but sometimes if your mind is occupied so much with the other things with what you're listening to with what you're looking at and other stuff like that you tend to get off track and you actually could literally get off track going in the wrong way so looking at it here when we distract ourselves with like the world and what we're listening, to, what we're looking at, and all the circumstances and stuff, sometimes we we almost forget we're running a race in the first place. Yep. And
1: yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh, those those points about distractions are are yeah so true. And uh, the other thing is is speed. Also, um, I'm just. Mm. I, I've reviewed these verses a, co- a couple of times recently, but just I'm checking one thing again here and as much as the running metaphor here is and as much as the it's it talking clearly about the finish line and Jesus being the author and finisher of our faith, then it's it's uh at the same time it's it's not talking about the speed that we're going. oh no, no. here we are in a in a race everybody nobody wants to finish last and (laughs) as much as we say like oh that it's all about finishing that's what counts and i agree like even if you're doing a 5k it's awesome if you can finish something like that and um i mean i i never finished my first 5k race until i was like 25 years old before that it was like running was always the biggest drag in the world to me and i was like Mm -hmm. ah let me figure this 5k thing out and see if i like it or not i ended up liking it and um it kind of ballooned from there nevertheless um The bible here doesn't seem to be indicating at all the speed at which we run and again i i think that that can be a distraction too that yeah i've been there before in a race i i remember that very first like 5k race i was in and like everybody's around me and i'm like anybody who's running a race will know this this feeling is like you just want to keep pace with everybody around you but all of a sudden you hit a certain point and it's like, "Whoa, I'm not supposed to be running this fast. I'm not doing the right thing here." And then your mind goes all over the place like, right. "I can't do this. I got to give up. I got to I got to slow down. I got to walk, whatever it might be."
0: Mhm. But I think that when we're when we're actually in the race, we tend to make it a competition. Oh yeah. Um, like when we're running this race that God has set before us, we tend to make it a competition, whether it's a competition between ourselves, or a competition between those around us, or whatever it is. And so we do everything we can, um, trying to focus on the speed and running faster, and sometimes very selfishly trying to get others off, like, off the track or whatever it is to hinder others on their race. But it's not a competition at the end of the day, it's like this race is for you. It's only marked out for there's no one else on the on your track. No one else there except Jesus kind of rooting you on here. Um and also I, I like what you talked about with with the speed because he doesn't say let us sprint the race set before us. It's not a sprint. It's it's run with endurance. Those are two opposite sides on this spectrum here. You're either going with power or you're going with endurance. It's mm-hmm. And it's not telling you to sprint. It's not telling you to exert maximal power for a very short amount of time. It's telling you keep on track, just stay, keep moving, keep moving, don't stop.
1: Yeah, kind of harkens back to the parable of the sower. And uh, mm. I, I'm utterly paraphrasing this a lot, but <laughs> but the the uh, the seeds that that uh, fall by the the uh, yeah yeah the seeds that fall amongst stony ground and they spring up really fast. But then as soon as the sun hits them, they wither away. And mm-hmm. again, that's a, a, a temptation for, for any believer is that, and I've seen it before, like somebody comes to, to the knowledge of Christ and man, they're growing like crazy. And then as we would say in 21st century terms, they just burn out really fast on Christianity. Yep. And as much hyped up as it can be, at the same time, it is a long race. It's it's not it always is. easy. There are trials, and as soon as those trials come, that's when we really need the one who saved us. We need it's, him it's, saving grace, but at the same time, we need him every day too, I agree. not just that one time that that uh, we, we believed. To
0: be honest, I think that the fact that it's an endurance race and not a sprint makes it so much harder, so much harder. I think anyone can, can sprint for like 30 seconds or a minute like, okay, that's it. That's all you got to do. It's just a one time and you're good to go. Um, you just have to do it once. That's a very short amount of pain. But running for two hours, four hours, like running a marathon, let alone running for your, running a race that God set before you for your entire life, That's I would argue that takes so much more energy, so much more discipline, so much more everything that you can possibly muster
1: to get to the end of that race. Yeah. And then I hearkening back to something that you said about the spectators and who else is in the race. And again in, in this passage, there's no indication. I, I I'm probably imagining this a little bit. I, I I'm not I don't think I'm reading anything in scripture by saying this, but I could almost imagine each of us running our own race on our own track with all the the hosts of faithful people watching us, because we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses there they are, they are yep. all around us but at the same time it's not about my in i've i've heard this preach i've heard it counseled countless times of of uh it's yes it's not a competition against each other but at the same time it's it's also not a a, a competition in the sense of well i did it better than he did or she did mm-hmm. um there's no indication of that here. It not is at that all. our our witnesses are in this passage again, these these two, three verses, is Jesus Christ. He is our witness. He's obviously watching us. And then um the, this cloud of faithful people who know what it was like to run that race too. Yeah. Um, and they they, he, they at one time were not a spectator. I mean someday no, we might not they were be, running real, their we own race. be spectators too. And right. we'll know what it's like. Um, you almost you almost wish that you could hear the cheering, but uh, <laughs> it's there.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. You know what I just thought about while you were saying that is, you know, at the beginning of verse one, after the cloud of witnesses, it says, "Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles." Have you ever ran a race with ankle weights on, or like a weighted vest, or anything just that makes you heavier? <laughs>
1: I don't yeah, know if you ever training have training purposes, not yeah, in the race, though. <laughs> not
0: in the race. But wow, that makes the entire training so much harder. And when you finally take those weights off, how much lighter and more free do you feel? Mm-hmm. That is But that that's what sin is.
1: Mm-hmm. That's and what sin is. I I've heard this this preached before too in, in different sermons at times too, that these weights absolutely can be sin but they're not always sin um they could be things that are just yeah generally good but they are hindering us in our christian life for some for one reason or another they're kind of idle mental energy that shouldn't be invested in that it should be invested in our our walk with god um it could be taking the um you know, it could be taking time from, from serving the Lord, too. There's There are many things like that that are not even bad. They're not sinful, but they are weighing us down. And um, you could say that mm-hmm. about training weights, too. It's like, yeah, they're not bad, but <laughs> they're not made for a race either. I No. I remember. No one runs a race with the training weights on. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, when I was, you know, first delving into the running world a little bit. I like that world in the sense of it's pretty low cost of entry if you just want to especially in those novice amateur stages like you don't need all the things that are out there if you have decent running shoes it's, i mean depends on your mm-hmm. age there too i mean i think as 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 we age as humans we uh we need better support and whatever on Yeah of course ankles. of course but it's a, it's a pretty low cost of entry sport um i've heard it compared to <laughs> soccer before too it's one of those sports is like yeah it doesn't matter how much you have money you have um you can you can do it without too much equipment that's, you just need yeah that's true
0: It's not but, like golf or something where you just need lots of money to get in
1: there <laughs> oh yes exactly golf that's a good example of the opposite <laughs> spectrum but i uh, i remember trying to figure out where my spot was like what do i need versus what do i not need and one of the things i saw a lot of people using is was those armbands for their phones Mm-hmm. That they put around their their bicep or something like that when they're running. I was like, "Oh, that looks good. I don't have to worry about. It. I have to think about where my phone is or holding it all the time or something like that. I got that, That's I got to get one of those. I bought one and I put it on. And I took I the first time I went out for a run with it, I hated it within five minutes. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with this thing. I hate that's it so on funny. my arm. It's, it's not only make making me hot and sweaty there too. It's just so annoying. It feels like my mobility is gone. And again, I'm no high performance runner, but I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. So, mm-hmm. I mean, to this day, I still, if, if my phone's with me, it's just kind of in my hand or in my pocket Yeah, it tends to be just because in, in and that, yeah, that's one of those things I found out pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, It's not, wasn't bad. And they work a lot for people. People like, I mean, good runners use those things, but Mm -hmm. for me, it was, uh, it was a, a burden.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's a, it's a good lesson that like the burdens in your life and the, the things that hold you back may not be the same for everyone else. Oh yeah. It may be something completely different. Maybe for you, uh, like for example, money may be, um, a stumbling block for you in your race, whereas for someone else, money is not a stumbling block, but they have other stumbling blocks. At the end of the day, like you, it's still your own race. Um, but I also want to touch upon another passage in First in Corinthians nine, where. Paul writes again about running. He says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. So run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone... Running aimlessly, I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So I think this is where we as Christians sometimes get the impression that it is a competition with everyone else around us. Because he's talking about there's other Mm -hmm. runners in the race, right?
1: Yes, I... I th- this one that whole point about striving I mean I I think that the, the purpose of this passage is not to to talk about
0: competition um, the
1: great competition it it's how much of it is about striving for something and putting my body into subjection and and this is not just a spiritual lesson here this is a this is very much a physical lesson too and he's mm-hmm. using physical word pictures to show us all what um, what this race is all about and then of course here come the boxing metaphors too yeah a um, couple of of uh ancient sports that have been around for a long time and and imagine the people that that the apostle paul is originally writing to here they're like i know running i've seen <laughs> those races i know boxing i've i've done that before and then he uses words here that they all can can relate identify to identify with they can understand and and uh, yeah, we could we could spend a lot of time on this on these verses here that, um, again, context of first, first Corinthians here with that church and they're mostly they were, negative. They were rocky. Yeah, they Paul were a has rocky to say about them. But then at the same time, he interleaves some of the greatest passages of, of the, new, the most well-known passages of the New Testament in here that mm-hmm. we we hearken back to all the time. I mean, I, right. just last night, my pastor was was talking right out, was preaching right out of First Corinthians, not this, not uh, chapter nine here, but um, elsewhere. Nevertheless, yeah, yeah, they uh,
0: had a little rocky relationship with Paul. We can say call it rocky. <laughs> is that a, is that a boxing uh,
1: reference? I mean, it could be. <laughs> I'm not too far from Philadelphia here, and that's one of the tourist things people like to do in Philadelphia is go to the stairs and get their their. Uh, little video clip of them running up and down the stairs there in front of city hall.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. Um,
1: But something I would like to, to point
0: out here is it's not like we're running a race with nothing at the end. There is a prize at the end and it's, it's a prize that's well worth it. And he talks, he compares it to like the people who come in and, and compete in the game's here they, or like at least back there uh back then they would get a prize but it was it was perishable it was a wreath i'm pretty sure it was like a plant uh, mm-hmm. but for imagine how much better a prize that comes from the god the king of kings the king of the universe a prize after you were faithful in your race to him
1: yes um that actually reminds me of a little bit of something here in and uh, here, here's the the part about the crown, and of of course, mm-hmm. the crowns being in scripture, um, often different time different than what we think of them today. In our maybe we think of them as a, like a medieval crown that a king or king <laughs> wore, but but here in this case, it's it's this prize, and it's it's not the physical value of it that's important. It's it's, it's what the, it stands the, for the notoriety. But then for Christians going to different passages of the Bible here about those what do we end up doing with these prizes are they for us to to flaunt around and show people how good we are no they're they're to cast at Jesus feet those crowns are are meant Amen. for Christ and um it's hard to it's hard to really comprehend all of that uh, my only silly it's probably a, a bad analogy was i remember um a uh, a workplace years and years ago that, that I was with and they had this ability where you could like give, congrat give like kudos or give a merit to another coworker. Mm-hmm. And if you earned enough, it, it sounds kind of funny. And I, I, I thought it was kind of weird, but um, you could give these merits to other coworkers. And if you gained enough of them, then you could, Um, it wasn't that, you get a star or something like that and, and everybody knows about it, or even you don't get the employee of the month parking spot. You get <laughs> these merits and you can use them to donate to a charity of, of your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's almost wow. again, it's a, if it were a good analogy, if, if all jet if there was such thing as a perfect analogy, then it's not an analogy anymore, but I almost feel like that's what these crowns are. Th- these prizes at the end of our race it, are, is that it's like, you know what? I don't care about it being about for me. This is for mm-hmm. Christ. And it's it's not about my enjoyment. It's not about my... I, I get joy from giving these to my Savior. I don't get of course. joy from having the prize for myself.
0: But like, he's the only reason we're there in the first place with the ability to get that prize. He's the one who walked, ran us through the race without him. We wouldn't be there to enjoy it. Anything. Like he, he's the one who deserves them. Not us. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And going back and I mean, I mean, I know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've memorized the verses from a different version, but same general meaning there about, going back to Hebrews 12, um, two, and he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. And as much as it is our race, it's his race too. And he's the one who even gives us the ability to live this life. And I, I pray in a, an amazing life too, not an amazing that I'm always happy, but amazing is I, I am living to glorify my savior. I'm living, I'm running this race for him and only for him, not for those, not, I'm not running it for, uh, for, for notoriety or fame or for even my own benefit.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 So closing thoughts is that we all have this race set before us. Everyone has their own race. It's not the same for anybody, but Along the way, we all share one thing in common, and that is Jesus, the author and, and finisher of the faith, who even allowed us to have the opportunity to run that race and to get the prize at the end. But ultimately, that prize belongs to him. That prize, all the glory, whatever it is, belongs to him uh, because he's the one who who defeated sin and conquered death and, and, and finished faith and perfected it um so let us cast off the sin and also the ankle weights whatever it is that's keeping us back um from running this race and submit to god any closing thoughts on your end
1: yeah i mean right from what you said there brings up another thought that that like jesus died for our sins so we don't have to carry those burdens Mm. in our christian life that there it's not we unfortunately we choose to do that so sometimes but there is no requirement for it. it reminds me of pilgrim's progress and pilgrim literally and, and christian and how he um you know he he had a burden he had to carry it until it was relieved by christ and from that point on he had no he didn't have to carry any burdens and it's it's the same for us we we don't have to carry those burdens of of sin and I'm, I'm talking very general here about sin and burdens, but, but man, is, is it a relief when he lifts those burdens from us and when we don't have to run with those?
0: Mm, it's a relief. In the Psalms, <laughs> it does talk about like in the Psalms, he daily bears our burdens, takes them upon themselves. Not only has he taken all sin, but he daily bears our burdens that we continually go through on a day to day basis. So, as first Peter says, like cast all our anxieties on him because he cares for us. Yeah. Amen. Good. Amen.
1: You got my mind churning here. I'm probably going to be thinking about this rest of my day here. It's a (laughs) lot of good, good, uh, good metaphors, good analogies, good things to stew upon and study. From the scriptures. I,
0: I hope that not just you, but anyone listening to this, I hope that there was some encouragement that they could take um, on their own race to, to look to Jesus, to cast off the burdens, to keep on that race of endurance. Because uh, it is a hard race. It is. It's not easy. No one's downplaying how hard it is. But with Jesus, you'll make it. You'll make mm-hmm. it. And it's worth it at the end. Yep. Um Thank you, Dustin. I appreciate you being here. Well, thank you, Ely. It was uh,
1: an encouragement for me to talk to you, too.
0: My absolute pleasure. And uh, for those listening, thank you for being here. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Join us next time on another episode of the Healthy Christian Project.